weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that lives by the credo, warning shots are for pussies. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we are back after a brief hiatus, and on today's return episode, we are shrinking ourselves down and we're traveling to a different dimension as we tackle the tall man and talk phantasm. And if this one doesn't scare you... You're You're already already dead. Goddamn right. But before we go any further, gang, let me remind you we are part of the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. And you can find all of our back episodes and all the other podcasts at BoomHowdy.com. Or if you're like me and you like to listen to us on the go, simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud app. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your dimension hole. I was wondering where you were going with that. I thought maybe boy hole, but I thought that might be... <laughs> I haven't been the troll troll yet. Exactly. I thought that might be a little controversial. So, guys, the, we're going to address really quickly the elephant in the room. Where has Nightmare Junkhead been? Under the under the bed. Under the bed? Yeah. In the closet? In the closet. Oh, well... Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as, it, as it were, so to speak. But no, gang, this is, again, this is all on me, not on Genius. Um, I do recommend, listen to the latest episode of Nerds and Nostalgia. I go into detail where we've been, what's been going on. No. Not to bar you, bore you here on Nightmare Junkhead, but definitely check it out. But you know what? In all honesty, you know, there's no better time to come back for a horror <laughs> podcast then October, right? right? This is perfect. It's like like the moons and stars have aligned, you know? I think so. No, this is when we actually, we do the summoning <laughs> right. um, little ceremony, the you know, and then we bring forth Armageddon. <laughs> the Samhain shall rule. <laughs> the last one was 3,000 years ago when the bloods ran red with blood. Ah, oh, goddamn. And we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But in the month of October, obviously, as a horror podcast, we are going to be out mm-hmm. and about. A few places here and there. A few places. Yeah, here and there so we want to briefly touch upon where you can find <laughs> us uh in the month of october and it's going to be all horror all the time it's fantastic so yeah. we'll start with the alamo draft house on october 8th which is a saturday night part Ooh. of the late show yeah we're going to get you in the end gang <laughs> a 35 millimeter screening of ghoulies oh those little monsters and an iconic just image right there we talked a little bit yep. about nerds but that mm-hmm. that VHS cover art is iconic. It's and it's the suspenders, man. <laughs> Give me your pee pee. <laughs> oh good lord! You know how much potty training that probably threw off, right? <laughs> and you didn't even have to see it. You just no, had to you see just the cover. <laughs> well, then that following Saturday, gang, we've got two things going on on October fifteenth mm-hmm. at the Alamo Draft House. Uh, oh my goodness. Hmm. One, two, Greggy's coming for you in this case. It is going to be a Nightmare on Elm Street marathon. Starting with Nightmare on Elm Street, finishing with New Nightmare. Uh, it's this is oh my god not it's only is it gonna, huge it's gonna be so awesome this i've never actually marathoned the nightmare series oh uh, no no yeah no never and it's been so long since i've seen like four five and six i'm beyond it i'm mm-hmm. so hyped for this but that same night on the 15th what do you got going on well i happen to be hosting a little double feature for friend of the show share to blame um we have the spook easy and we have the share apocalypse little burlesque show it's gonna be a lot of fun and that's gonna be the just off broadway theater so you can check it out on our facebook spook easy or share apocalypse excellent and and you are the host with the, the host with the most so you know <laughs> lord, I'm, I'm gonna be lord humongous you right <laughs> let the entertainers go <laughs> or I guess, leave the pasties and walk away 
I offer you safe passage. I can't compete with the best. Good Lord. Well, then, that following Friday, October 21st, uh, the Kansas City Horror Club presents... We presents Monsters Ball, The Return. It's going to be so much fun. It's at the Holy Cow Market of Music on 39th and Gillum. And we got four bands. Um, we're going to have a Miss Cher. Miss Cher. Speaking of Cher. Um, and it's going to be $10 at the door. It's going to be a lot of fun. Always a good time yeah, yeah. that you guys put on Just there. go to Horror Club on Facebook, and then there's a big old flyer. Yeah. Shout out to Elijah for making it. And it's talented dope. artist, it's friend dope. of the podcast as well. He's yeah. always good. One of the, those crazy tape heads, man. Uh, <laughs> then that Saturday, October 22nd, uh, the mm-hmm. late show again. We've got a little heavy metal horror for you. Yeah. Enough. Yeah, you know I'm. I, you know I'm hyped for this one. Uh, but it's going to be uh, uh, 1986's Trick or Treat. Oh, You're going to get to see Sammy Kerr mm-hmm. up on the big screen, ladies and gentlemen. All of his glory. Grab your Walkmans. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, still that's so creepy and again knowing it was intended for the boyfriend not the female mm-hmm. friend and then on October 25th as part of the horror show Genius what do we got going on a uh, little tale of revenge oh so good perfect for October like Stan Winston's masterpiece pumpkin head truly a masterpiece yes I'm 35 oh even oh, better yes. that's, again, so it's all dirty and just yes between the late show and the horror show you just can't beat mm-hmm. 35 millimeter goodness <laughs> like that so that's going to wrap it up at the Alamo Draft House in October and then over mm-hmm. in uh, at Screenland yes with, between the Screenland armor and Tapcade guys it's Shocktober mm-hmm. and if you haven't it's a good lineup there's mm-hmm. every day just something good between Screenland Armor and Tapcade, you guys, mm-hmm. if you're in the Kansas City area, Midwest, please check out Shocktober. Yes. And we are actually going to be in, uh, in t- uh, participating a little with that on October 13th on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. We are going to be hosting a screening of Jason Lives. One of the best. The man behind the mask. Yeah. He's back. And speaking of being back, that's also going to be the return of our live episodes. Yes. <laughs> what a perfect one of the 13th. It's going to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited to be talking about that one. But that one is all, again, when we do our live podcast for Nerds and Nostalgia, uh-huh. it's all interactive. And expect shenanigans. Oh, many yeah. Halloween <laughs> shenanigans and speaking of halloween shenanigans on saturday october 29th i know there's a lot of stuff going on because it's it's the saturday halloween weekend but we are going to have our second nerds of nostalgia presents a halloween marathon the sequel the sequel (laughs) and as it is as it stands we show three films Mm -hmm. you don't know what they are until you show up yep but we can promise you this they're all part twos Mm -hmm. they're sequels yes it's going to be so much fun it's going to be one of those ones where like Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and we at this point we're also putting together stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So a few things here and there. We'll probably have a costume contest. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on because we do want to make it a party atmosphere. Yes, and it's a, a movie party, very much Woo. so. And if there's anything that the nerds know, it's you know how to. Well, no, I really don't <laughs> actually listen to the nerds and nostalgia episode. You'll realize <laughs> I am the buzzkill. So you know, <laughs> no, it's going to be Revenge of the Nerds. It, there, yeah, there we go. <laughs> no, actually, we'll go like Revenge of the Nerds three, Nerds in Love, just really <laughs> fuck with you. <ya. laughs> So speaking of hosting, we had the chance to uh, host a screening here, Mm -hmm. and I can't believe that, number one, this exists, what what has occurred. Um, But this last Saturday, we hosted the 4K restoration. The J.J. Abrams. The J.J. Abrams approved. (laughs) He's the one that got it going of one of just the great horror films 1979's Phantasm. F- the Phantasm Menace. The Phantasm yes, Menace. Yes, so good. 
I could see that working actually. <laughs> Jedi's against the ball, spears yeah. and everything. Zwoom, zwoom, zwoom. There would be a lot going on there. Um, but this is actually in anticipation. This is the most unlikely franchise because October 7th at the Screenland Armor, we're going to be hosting <coughs> a screening of the 4K restoration of Phantasm and Phantasm 5 Ravenger. Which we saw the trailer for, and it looks a lot of fun. It looks a lot of fun. It, Phantasm is the only franchise that can be built on a uh, ice cream dude. A, a bald, <laughs> bald ice cream bald, man. Bald, We're going to give Reggie some love here. But yeah, no, Phantasm, it's, you know, it has a franchise, which I can't believe, but mm-hmm. it all comes back to the original. Yeah. 1979's Phantasm, written directed by Don Coscarelli. I'm going to break it down to you. You tell me if this makes sense, because it's sometimes hard to describe what phantasm is because there's a lot of shit going on it's it's insane (laughs) but let me let me drop this for you okay phantasm tells the tale of young mike played by michael baldwin Mm -hmm. as he struggles with the deaths of his parents and the possible departure of his dear older brother and how this affects his transition from a boy into adulthood oh tell me isn't that really what this film is Oh, if you think about it, if you think about it, but mm-hmm. if you base it on that description, you're like, well, how the hell is it a horror film? Right. <laughs> because if you think about Mike's journey, that's really he's dealing and I hate to bring it back, but he's dealing with grief and trauma. Yeah. And the whole film spurns from what's real and what is in his head. Manifestations. Yes. Of, you know, the trauma and everything he's mm-hmm. going through. So. I don't know. Am I wrong on that? Well, you could even break it down even more on that. It's his journey becoming a man with like when he's when the tall man become when the uh, during the sex scene and then he's the man. <laughs> so it's like a lot of quite fashion questions, Billy. You know, There's, this film will make you. Feel, uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's and that's when I was coming up with that description because just in terms of trying to describe Phantasm because the best part uh, obviously when we host these screenings are knowing and realizing people are seeing it for the first time and I mean half the half the audience were seeing it for the first time I was really surprised how many people were coming to check it out and we were both like well you know how do you describe Phantasm without ruining Phantasm but to try to give because if I think it's best going in cold. Yeah. Just knowing it's going to be a weird movie. And weird it gets. It's Because then, like, you have the description, and then, like, okay, well, then where did the killer dwarves Yes, go, exactly. Man? The killer spheres. <laughs> right. The tall man. All the horrific elements. Well, I one of the ways I've always described this film, and it's if you go online, it's the main descriptor because it's so apt, but mm-hmm. it is. It's a very weird, dreamlike film. Yeah. You can't tell what is supposed to be real. And what is in a dream? Because there are dream sequences in this film. And you don't know which is which because no. everything, even like when it's supposed to be in the real world, it's just ethereal. Do you, you know? think it's like fantception or something like that? <laughs> just in terms of like layers upon layers? Yeah, like a layer cake. Like it's very much so, you know, and maybe it's not dimensions they're skipping, but re- re- dream layers <laughs> yeah. and so forth. Um, I don't know. I've just always, this is a film that... I don't. I could not tell you the first time I saw it, mm-hmm. but it's one of those films that I probably saw in bits and pieces enough that I saw it in its whole that way. Mm-hmm. I just never sat down for it because it was one of those films that always just was entrancing. 
I think honestly, I probably fell asleep a few times when I was watching it for the first time because it is—it's very ethereal. Mm-hmm. It's just—it's dreamlike. It almost weaves you into a trance. As long as you don't like watch it before you go to sleep. Oh my god! No, then- no, you're gonna have those dreams, <laughs> yeah. and that's the thing. To me, this is a very scary movie. Mm-hmm. The first one, especially the first one, to me holds up as a scary film because of the elements of you don't know what's real and what's not, but also there's genuine scary moments. Yeah, things jumping out at you. Uh, just a things great... chasing you, uh, yes. things flying at you, people, giant evil undertakers just walking and waiting for you. Honestly, the, and let's okay, let's talk about the Undertaker himself. Um, <laughs> Kansas City, Kansas own Angus Grimm, the tall man. Boy, you play a good game, boy. <laughs> I've it's it. He's can we agree he is a horror icon? <laughs> yes, he is. Because he's, he's terrifying, and he c- continues to be more terrifying. He, like, just just commands the screen when he's on there. And you, I know they he's six, he was 6'4 in real life, and um, God rest his soul, Angus Grimm did pass last year. We actually yeah. did a In Memoriam episode with him and David Bowie, I believe, at the same <laughs> time. It was the tall man and the star man. Yeah. Um, but he was naturally very scary, just had that presence, and they made his suits... They made it so they were ill-fitting on him. So it gave him even more... An elongated sense. Yeah. Because there are certain scenes in the film where he is simply walking. And his stride is terrifying. exactly. One of my favorite scenes in this movie, and it's one that just sticks out, it's when he's walking down the street and Reggie's taking the stuff out so they're like the mist. All the ice, yep. And he just sits there and he just breathes in the cold like yeah and then he, he actually does and then the he turn. Sees, yes and he's just, and i'm like holy shit that's something out of nightmares man it's, it's unnerving yeah. It's, yeah. and that's what drives the film is who is the tall man what is his purpose mm-hmm. uh and it's our it's our initial introduction because like i said this this i can't believe that <laughs> we're five movies deep and yes. we still don't know answers to a lot of questions which <laughs> begs the question did we need a franchise but we'll get into that later there's um, a lot of unanswered things but i'm just there's so much to like about this film mm-hmm. but at the same time though it's truly a 1970s film mm-hmm. i mean just in terms of the feel the atmosphere but there's even parts where it can be just timeless like especially in the mausoleum oh god the and the set design for that that's one of the things that really sticks out to me because mm-hmm. if you think of phantasm what do you what automatically for you comes to mind uh, the ball coming down okay. the, uh, the marble. Yep, the mausoleum. Mm-hmm. The, the the tall man. Mm-hmm. But definitely, I really think just that that mausoleum, those yeah. hallways, those are terrifying in real life. And then yeah. you add something like that coming at you. Oh shit! And it gives you that really not necessarily the claustrophobic feeling, but that feeling of just helplessness, mm-hmm. being lost in a place like that, and then <laughs> being pursued. <laughs> on top of that, by a multitude of things. That can kill you. <laughs> Including, we touched upon it brief, briefly, but, you know, was George Lucas ready to sue Don Coscarelli at any point? S- something, but those things are terrifying. I can just, I don't even, I know they show underneath, but even before then, mm-hmm. it's like that mystery of like, what is this? They're like little chuds. They are little chuds. You know, chuds. just hooded chuds just running around, and that's terrifying to me. Crunched down to chuds right. are even more terrifying because <laughs> they're more compact, mm-hmm. so they can fit into smaller places, <laughs> unfortunately, and that includes the grates there. Uh, no, but that's the weirdest thing as well, because I remember seeing it the first time, and obviously being a Star Wars kid, you're, you're like Jawas. Mm-hmm. But Jawa, then, Jawa, 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 <laughs> But they don't. Instead, it's like they're, they're going to... Kill Teenie! Yes. Right? 
<laughs> and they're and then, they, and then they strip down your car, your getaway car, and they sell it for scrap. We've been eyeing that Barracuda for a while, man. <laughs> Hell, the Barracuda in this movie is almost a character of itself, mm-hmm. and it's survived throughout the series. That's what I love. And an ice cream truck. Let's talk about it because we're actually we're recording the same day that Reggie uh, Reggie Bannister, who plays Reggie, it's his birthday today. Oh well, happy birthday! Happy birthday, Reggie Bannister, man! Break out the guitar, man! Oh, <laughs> let's talk about. Okay, so we we talked about how it's almost kind of absurd that the main one of the main uh, protagonists in the film <laughs> is a balding ice cream man with a guitar and a shotgun who is yeah, who is always ready to play a jaunty tune <laughs> in fact i think one of the things that makes phantasm so charming um not only just the weird dreamlike aesthetic but the fact that there's a jam session that breaks out <laughs> in the middle of the film it's incredible and it plays so naturally almost to the point where i was wondering if um um reggie and jody you know obviously they are really good musicians in real life you know to the point where why not include something like that in the film because it just shows number one the connection they have which i love Mm -hmm. and it also gives them a lot of character and humanity yeah it just makes them real people and you know what it's actually pretty good song oh hells yeah it is reggie is rocking out on the acoustic there i mean like Kyle Gass style, man. Just like you could tell he was probably a big metalhead fan because let's face it, not only is he balding, but he's also rocking a killer ponytail as well. Because, you know, he's one of those cats that would have, you know, not necessarily rocked a mullet, but I think he would have had that really nice Mark Slaughter mane. He would just party. He would, yeah. Part, business up front, party in the back. Now, do I understand we have a little snippet? Because he just rolls up. He's just in his front just yard. chilling out. Chilling out. You've seen that guy. You've had that friend. Mm hmm. Shit, you might be that friend. This is just dude. It's really rad, dude. <laughs> hey, man, what's going on? I brought but you some ice cream. the best part, man, is just being able to... Uh, you know what? It actually gives a little insight to their friendship. Mm-hmm. Because they start just, playing just off just of hang, each other. Yeah. And they're both dealing with some tragic-ass shit, too. And how do you deal with it, man? Through right. music. It's yeah. therapeutic. Exactly. Sometimes you just got to chill out with your friend and just and jam. jam. <laughs> Whatever your jam is, just jam it out. And he's he plays it so well, mm-hmm. and he be, he becomes the main one of the main heroes in this entire franchise, and I love that. There's even a part where, and even he's like one of your buddies because uh, there's a part where uh, I found a bunch of girls in the basement and I saved them. Like, no, you didn't, Reggie. No, you didn't. <laughs> Stop. We lying, did. We man. didn't Come see on. that. Quit. Give Come me on. a fucking bomb pop. Come Stop on, that. man. Come on, buddy. <laughs> no, I did, dude, for real. And like, he probably did, but. Like, like, come on, man. He's no Arnold. You know, he just doesn't have that immediate credibility. Uh, but no, there's something fantastic about the fact that he is one of the great characters <laughs> yeah. in there. And he's, he's a good character. He's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, I can't, re- I won't touch upon what he, in terms of kind of icons as well, because I really do think ultimately he becomes kind of a horror icon. Just I in would terms think of, so. I would think so. In, in the vein of not necessarily a final girl, but, you know, one of the people that is, you know, obviously always on the tail. A Tommy Jarvis. Yes, the very much the yeah. Tommy Jarvis. It's the Ahab mm-hmm. and the, the Moby Dick on that. Um, also, we talked about the spheres. I killed six balls. I killed six balls. From Hell's Hearth, man. Um, Let's talk about the balls. Because that's the one thing, the first time I saw it, made me just... It's a holy shit moment. Because there's so much atmosphere and tension in this film. And when that hits, that's when you get the crazy gore. That... Just this random ball that just has drills and shit coming out of it. And just pops into your head and just... 
spits out the goo. It's insane. <laughs> what would you do if you saw that in real life? I mean, if that was just coming at you. Well, the, the, the indignity they give the guy that gets drilled when he pisses himself. <laughs> yes. I didn't even realize that until this viewing. Thank you, 4K <laughs> restoration. <laughs> we put in everything. J.J. Abrams went George Lucas. <laughs> He's just putting in random shit. Piss. Just like... <laughs> It's like, God, I don't remember a lot of lens flares and Phantasm. Where is all this stuff coming from? Coming off the balls. It's the Mazzesli mausoleum. Well, you know what's funny is the fact that he he named Captain Phasma. Who is After a Phantasm. Yeah. And we've joked about it before, but imagine like that family that's gathering and they're looking into it and they're like, oh, he, he named this character Phasma. Phasma. Let's look at this Phantasm movie that J.J. Abrams loves so much. <laughs> Billy, you like the Star Wars? And I can just imagine this Midwest family gathered around the TV. I bought, a, I bought one of the DVDs at Walmart. The guy says the J.J. Abrams and the, the Jar Jar oh. Abrams did the... It's just some... <laughs> like, okay, and then because cool. you know how that movie opens up... <laughs> <laughs> Happy get, Thanksgiving, boy. <laughs> you get a half-naked woman half-naked. carving. Oh. <laughs> and, and just bumping and grinding in the middle of a cemetery. I can only imagine innocence lost <laughs> through that. But they had the best intentions, you know. But that just shows you that you've got the guy that's actually, you know, was put in charge of the Star Wars franchise, was a huge fan. Huge fan of this movie. Enough to give it, like, the grand touch, the white glove treatment. Because who would have thought? <laughs> and I said it in our intro. I was like, I never thought my lifetime someone would do this for phantasm because also this is a film to me that really exists in the dark when it comes to the cinematography yeah because the 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 colors play so much in the film almost definitely between the reds and the whites in the mausoleum and um even when reggie's car is wrecked and it's just like black and then Mm -hmm. just like the wisps of white light i was like wow that is it's very dreamlike. The colors on them, and even the absence of colors, are just fantastic. It's phenomenal, and that's the Don Coscarelli is kind of the driving force behind this. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're fan, if you grew up in the '80s, you owe so much to Don Coscarelli because <laughs> yeah. he gave us Phantasm, obviously, uh-huh. but he also gave us the Beastmaster, <laughs> which is darned. Kodo and Proto, or no, 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 Poto and Kodo. Excuse me, <laughs> get my Beastmaster cred called out. But he also gave us Bubba Hotem. Bubba Hotem. Uh, John Dyson at the end he's he's just a great genre filmmaker and he always has that weird style yes and i think he honed it one bestly in this movie well the weirdest thing with phantasm is it took him over three years to film mm-hmm. three years <laughs> that's dedication that right is there, total man. dedication and a lot of the times they were shooting on the weekends for the most part mm-hmm. and so that's that's love yeah that came from that and so the fact that it's grown into a franchise i think is the best part now i will say um you know obviously when we talk in the podcast we we love movie scores soundtracks Mm -hmm. and you can't talk about this film without mentioning the score and this the the iconic theme so tell us a little bit about it because we're going to listen to a little bit of here in a second (laughs) well it's basically goes with the theme of the movie just dreamlike nightmare-esque and you don't know what's real and what's going on it's just sets the mood perfectly couldn't have said that better myself so the score by Fred Myro and Malcolm Seagrave. We're going to listen to a little bit on the iconic theme.
Doesn't that make just the hairs on your mm. neck stick up? <laughs> it's so freaking good. Nightmare-inducing and menacing. It truly is, and this is what really drives the film to me. Almost like how with Halloween, mm-hmm. wouldn't be quite the film it is without John Carpenter's score. Yeah. I don't think Phantasm would be quite what it is without this. Yeah, it just adds to the whole, like, tapping into your primal instincts of, like, fear and shit. It truly <laughs> does. It's a very menacing theme. It's one of my all-time favorites. Um, it works so well, and it kind of fits in with... Uh, it's, to me, it's kind of like the bastard hybrid of, like, the tubular bells uh-huh. and the, the theme from Halloween. Yeah, it sounds to me like... From what I hear with the bells and the pipe organs, like an actual funeral, but like something's amiss. You know, when when you're growing up, there was always like that weird funeral music, just like from the church, like the pipe organs and mm-hmm. stuff. And it's right there. It's like, ugh. It's the thing that's supposed to actually maybe calm you, but rather... But no, it just did like the opposite effect. It feeds your anxiety. No, it's fantastic. And Mondo put this out on LP and it's fantastic. And I'm so glad they did. Oh, the 4K sounded so good. It really you did. You could hear all the creaks and all the cracks behind you. And the... It was really nicely done. That's the one thing I don't think that gets enough credit is the sound design in that yeah. film and it really popped. Well, actually that's why I think this uh-huh. and Suspiria would make a hell of a double feature. Yeah. And it's got shit flying around out of it boxes does. too. <laughs> but just in terms of the sound design and the dreamlike, I mean, mm-hmm. that would be a bug fuckery <laughs> yeah. of a double feature. Oh no, man. It's like, please, everyone wants some more coffee? Yeah. Don't, don't go to sleep. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Well, I'm good. that's the one thing with Phantasm just in terms of kind of the rules it's sets i think it's consistent in its inconsistencies there are no rules exactly like, we have one rule there's no rules more you know <laughs> well the, one of my favorite things in uh the, the original phantasm beyond the the sheer gore of the ball but there's that bit where mike is doing a little bit of research on the town and he sees that old photo and then he's just like and the photo and you realize it's the tall man from way back then you're like oh my god he's timeless he's shit, been here forever shit goes deeper shit goes way deeper there's a lot of shit going on in this one and then when he puts uh, his head in the dimension oh and that's the weirdest thing so at the very beginning when they're when they're doing their rock out jam mm-hmm. uh, Jody brings out a tuning fork mm-hmm. and you're like it's Chekhov's tuning right, fork exactly. because like what it is that gonna on it like oh look I'm turning it off and then you get to that point and there's that wonderful scene where there is the the dimension portal mm-hmm. and it's in that stark white room yes which has to be like like an, an homage to uh kubrick in 2001 <laughs> like the star child's room and everything but there's those two poles and they pretty much perform like a tuning, a tuning fork. fork yeah you turn the gates off for a little bit it's but the, what the freaked me out was the dimension that they lived in themselves. That's a terrifying looking dimension. That, that is one you don't want to like vacation there. You know, it's all like dark and you've red. been to Saturn. Right? <laughs> it did look like a like Get your a, ass to Mars. <laughs> it was it it was almost like that really messed up like scorched mm-hmm. sky. Yeah, it's just and then just all the little Jawas taking buckets of people. And you realize the whole purpose of these Jawa people is they are scrunched down dead people that become his slaves. More his Jawas, little, yeah. Oh. Which is frightening. <laughs> There's that bit where he's like, "You think you when you die, you, you go to heaven? You, you come, come to, to us. us." It's like, oh, 
which gives it kind of a metaphysical or it hurts to be dead moment very much so that existential mm -hmm. anguish like oh man what 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 if that's what happens you know we turn into oompa loompas for the tall man but you don't get a jaunty tune with him unfortunately (laughs) although that oompa loompa doopa dee doo I got another ball for you. Exactly. <laughs> that would make an interesting musical there if we could do that. We'll have to get the guy from the gang from. Um, uh, oh my god, uh, remake hot shit. Hot, Host, hostage factory. No remake, remake fat, factory hostage. Damn situa- it, guys! Remake factory hostage situation. There we go. We yeah. are going to have to request them to do a uh, phantasm musical <laughs> and see how we can. Because actually, I could see Gene Wilder playing a tall man. <laughs> Think about there it. There is no life I know. He's just whistling as he's walking down the mausoleum. <laughs> Pure imagination. Because <laughs> I got a golden casket. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I would actually go and see that. Well, you know what? They've got Evil Dead the musical. They've got Reanimator the musical. Right, right. Why not, why, Phantasm, why not Phantasm the musical? musical. It's a one sh- one location. You've got you've got a house. You've got Jody's house. You've got no Mike's house and the mausoleum. That's all you Cheer need. Cheer up, Jody. <laughs> Just oh man. Uh. <laughs> well, I will tell you the one mm. thing though that really stood out this particular viewing was, and I, I kind of. I, is in terms of the description I gave, but Mike's journey, yeah, everything that he's experiencing. Because if you look at what he's doing throughout the film, there are some signs that the kid is troubled. Mm-hmm. You know, he's constantly spying on his brother. He's he's following everywhere he goes, and yes. even when like the getting's getting good, he's like, "Hey, dude, I saw you. Like, dude, stop looking. <laughs> I know that's creepy." But then ultimately, he's also breaking and entering. He's <laughs> arming himself to the teeth. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, it's justified. But well, if you when were, you got flying fingers around <laughs> and like turning into like it up. monster bats and shit, which is or that, monster mosquitoes, that always freaked me out as me a kid. Me too. But I do love their just the fact that they're they're going to kill that thing mm-hmm. with the garbage disposal one way or the other. <laughs> and then like and Reggie just but hey guys, what's, what's going, going on? on? <laughs> what you doing? What you got in the box over there? I got some ice cream for you. You guys want to jam? What's hey, going maybe, on? Maybe we can like lure it out with some bomb some pops. Bomb <laughs> frightening oh god oh so frightening um so no but there's just there's so much for that poor kid is going through i actually kind of i really felt for him in this this viewing yeah but there is the one thing in terms of the ending of this film um the very the fact that you think reggie is dead Mm -hmm. you think everything's bad you wake up again from what we don't know if it's a dream or not. It was it, only a dream. But it turns out Mike died. Or yeah. no, uh, 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 His, shit. Jody. Jody died. Jody died. Yeah, which is horrible. Yeah. It's just an awful thing. And then you think, okay, well, he, everything, he all dreamt again, it. Again, manifestations and of And it's his all grief. over. And then, no, it's not. It's one of the most horrifying endings with mm-hmm. him screaming. and just being drunk. And ah. then phantasm mm-hmm. and then you get the you get the theme and then you're like what did we just watch like what just happened it's <laughs> is this real life <laughs> yeah you feel that way uh-huh. you feel like oh, it's yeah. a fever dream oh yeah and it's so done on purpose i mean there's a reason why but there's, there's a, always a method to the madness dude very yeah. much so and i really think again now we'll we'll talk a little bit about the sequels but i really think even without the sequels this film still holds up mm-hmm. in fact rewatching it with a crowd was yeah. fantastic yeah you, there was even like 
<laughs> yeah, there were there were there were gasps, uh-huh. and it played so well with the humor. Mm-hmm. And it was—I don't think people—it was they were laughing with the movie, not at it. No, yeah. no, no, not at no. all. This was a movie of reverence. It was, and that's the <laughs> one thing I love about like Tapcade, Screenland, and the Alamo. For the most part, they always they attract are, people yeah. that love these films. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, if you're seeing it for the first time, you're probably there with someone that loves the film, and they drag <laughs> you there. And so seeing Phantasm on the big screen like that was great. Oh man, um, I couldn't even imagine seeing it on the big screen the first time. For the first time, no. no. <laughs> Especially if it was like a good night, mm-hmm. you know, like da 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 da. Whoa, whoa, yeah. <laughs> what did you just bring me through? So there is. We've talked about it before. There is a. This is a franchise. The Phantasm series five movies deep it's insane so (laughs) i'll be honest Mm -hmm. i like the sequels a lot i don't love them though i don't love them as much as part one Mm -hmm. this is one of the original but i i do i do enjoy them they're fun because they they take the bug fuckery and just amp it into insane (laughs) levels almost i won't say absurd but they there's, balance. There's, there's like they're, teeter, they're on the edge, on the precipice. There, because once again, you don't know what's what. No, but they play. In fact, so uh, what I love about the sequels is number one, they recast Mike in the sequel mm-hmm. with uh, James Lagrue. James Lagrue, I believe, is his name, and he does, he was actually really good. Yeah, uh, I think uh, he and Reggie have some really good chemistry. Uh, but they basically it becomes like a road picture, you know, where they're on <laughs> Off the ch- to the destination, chasing down the, the tall, tall man, man. and mm-hmm. just the he's spreading just uh, chaos across the nation. I love the fact their abandoned towns remind me of uh some of the ones in the simpsons when the monorail was going through and it was like some of the- north haverbrook yes and <laughs> ogdenville and the, the tall they, man really put them on the map really <laughs> take your golden balls and go home <laughs> uh, now actually i I'm, at this point now, I kind of want to insert the tall man into like Monterey. Yes, this is a big ball. This is just goes down. Homer in a Jawa outfit, rather than you know that would gotta work. make the monorail run on time. <laughs> oh my god! Now I'm actually thinking. I call the tall. I call the what is it? I call the big one bitey. But yeah, it should I call be, the uh, big one bitey. Call the big one tall man. <laughs> Somebody's here to help you. Is it a scientist? No, it's an ice cream man. <laughs> it it writes itself. Yeah, it it writes itself. Yeah, it does. I like part two. It's fun. You get the introduction of the the four barrel shotgun, <laughs> which has become an iconic horror weapon. Yeah. Um. You get the flamethrower. You get some really really good effects work in part two. Mm-hmm. Um. That's you've got. I think it's John Car John Carl Buechler Buechler Buechler. Mm-hmm. is doing it, and it looks great. Yeah. <laughs> but it's one of those the the pacing for me is a little off on it. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's and that's I'm a person that can do a slow burn, right. and that's not a slow burn film because there's a lot of stuff going on. But for me, I don't know. There's something about it that just seems a little off for me. What about three or four when it goes even crazier? <sighs> and that's just it. I have seen three one time and four one time. I mm-hmm. never got it because they were those are hard to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't make it easy for you, which <laughs> I you know I understand just in terms of rights and so forth. And right. In fact. I understand that they're getting ready to release a huge box set all on blue on Blu Ray in a ball. It should be. Yeah. I would assume so. <laughs> My God, there's a marketing opportunity missed if they don't. Um, no, but apparently that's coming out. Uh, Scream Factory or Shout Factory put out the Phantasm Two. They're putting out so much good stuff. I can't. Oh yeah, up. no, that'll be yeah. a whole episode yeah. in and of itself. There, <laughs> um, but no. Um, final thoughts on the Phantasm franchise, and we're going to come back here in a minute with a little bit of a Rotten Reynolds recommendation after yes. that. But final thoughts on Phantasm. This is the kind of movie people need to see. 
Yeah. Like, especially if they've never seen them. They're like, sit down and watch it. Yeah. And, and, and enjoy. <laughs> Welcome to the fold. And I... Because oh, it's I, hard to explain, you know? It, no, it we, really we is trying, hard We're to trying to give as much love as we can. And, and still people are like, what the fuck is it about? Yeah, you have, <laughs> I have no idea. You just got to watch it. You just got to watch it. It is. And I would... This is one of those that I think works well if you watch it late at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really... Because if the more... Of a fugue state you can be in, you know, <laughs> when, when you're you watch half asleep, yes. you know, like oh, I can't get back to sleep because it's oh, one of those that phantasm and enjoy the ride. <laughs> the funeral's this way, sir. sir. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. So um, we're going to take a quick break, gang, and when we come back, we haven't done this in a while, but we're going to give you a Rotten Reynolds recommendation. We'll be back. Hey, this is PJ Souls, and you are totally listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Woo! Keep listening. All right, gang, we are back, and we haven't done this in a while. Mm-hmm. Our friends over at Rotten Reynolds, who obviously we're huge fans of, yeah. we do like occasionally to give a Rotten Reynolds recommendation. But before we do that, Genius, can you tell us a little bit about Rotten Reynolds? Rotten Reynolds, they take the best parts of the VHS covers and they take out the VHS tapes and fill it up full of magical goodies and wonderment. It's like a treasure trove of awesomeness when you open it up. It truly is. Yeah. With the VHS replications, yes, the artwork. The, the cover, the, the little backstory. Uh, it's just wonderful. Turn, it's, turn your DVD shelf into an art gallery. You, and I actually, <laughs> I have now between and this is between the records and I'll oh, thank you, Mondo, Lunaris, uh, Waxworks, right. Death Waltz, all of them. I do have a great selection of the Rotten Reynolds uh, tapes over there. And they actually just got in. They're expanding now. Mm-hmm. They now have Rotten Reynolds shirts, yes, which are great. Featuring, uh, it's a love of VHS, obviously, and so it's the VHS design on it. It's fantastic, but uh, one of the things they do have is obviously they have a Phantasm Rotten Reynolds, mm-hmm. and it's actually customized artwork as well. Oh, oh, it's fantastic! Ooh. It looks really good. It's one of those I'm surprised I don't have. Yeah, but it also shows you in terms of the ones that he was putting out, he had to put out Phantasm. Of course, you can't. You cannot. No, this is yeah. <laughs> and also, one of the really things that was nice the uh, when we hosted over at the Alamo is we were able to giveaway the newly designed uh, Some posters yeah the yeah. movie posters for the 4k restoration mm-hmm. now normally when we host we usually have thing but i think that the tables <laughs> the tables have turned <laughs> they played a good game as it were and we had 15 to give uh-huh. away which we were able to do i think in a somewhat timely manner <laughs> we were trying poor greg he was running oh, around yeah. up and down and i'm like g52 and i <laughs> it became phantasm bingo basically right. Bingo! Bingo! <laughs> but definitely check them out, gang. Uh, Rotten Reynolds, they have been they've been good at the podcast, but also we mm-hmm. just enjoy them. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'm getting ready to add a customized Halloween 3 Ooh. to my collection, which I'm very excited for. Ooh. But they also have a lot of stuff that's constantly going, uh, updating their, their, their uh, inventory. Mm-hmm. Check them out at RottenReynolds.com. So, gang... It's been a long time. I'm glad we are back. Um, it's been far too long on everything. So we're going to be back on a regular basis here for the remainder. Yes. Um, and obviously with Halloween coming up, um, we're still kind of planning out our episodes for the month of October, but we're going to do some special things. Yeah, there's a, as you heard earlier, there's a lot of good fun stuff coming up. So. And, you know, if we're not if we're not hosting, it doesn't matter. Get out there, support it anyway. Mm-hmm. So until next time, guys, this is Greg D. I'm Genius Maggie. And we will see you in your dream. Boy. Boy.